Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. <laughs> Not serious. Episode number 222. Clearly live from Comac, New York. Bayside, New York. And Freehold, New Jersey. Time for Ready to Unload with Talent Stampede. Hi, welcome to episode number 222, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Talking New York sports nice. Thank you for joining us. We have got a ton to talk about. It is Thursday, March the 12th. It is 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's time for Ready to Unload with Talent Stampede. Hello. I am one of your hosts, the aforementioned Steve Sampietro, a.k.a. Stampede. And for a March Thursday night, we have got so much going on. It is astounding. We have got a ton to talk about tonight. NFL free agency this week, it went crazy. It really did. It went absolutely crazy. Not just the Jets. Not just Darrell Revis coming home. Antonio Cromartie getting the band back together. But, you know, Chip down in Philly, absolutely nuts with the Eagles and trades and leaking of deals. And the NFL free agency supplanted Major League Baseball's trade deadline by a lot. So we're going to talk about that. And then the New York Islanders, our beloved New York Islanders. After a very difficult loss to the New York Rangers on Tuesday night, made huge news today, extending Johnny Boychuk, Johnny Rocket, for seven years and $42 million, a clear signal. No more shoe shines. For this team. Maybe you didn't hear. Maybe nobody came up there and told you, right? No more shoe shines for the Islanders, okay? This is a legitimate NHL franchise. They're back, baby. They're back. So, we have got a ton to talk about. Thank you for joining us. You can get the podcast on iTunes tomorrow. Of course, rtusports.com as well. Thanks. Hi. This is episode number 222. We've been doing this for a while. And we love it so much. 
So happy you would join us live. Or if you're listening this weekend, uh, great. Great. <laughs> Nikki, hi. Great. Have you uh, been listening the whole time or did you just get in? Um, let's welcome in the co-host of the program. And let's get to this this uh, this craziness. And by the way, make a pot of coffee. Kel. Okay. Kel. Make a pot nice. Make a pot of coffee nice because we got a lot to get to tonight. A lot. Kel. That's not even touching on the Mets and the, and, the, and the Yankees and baseball. We don't even need to talk about that. There's enough. Cal. There he is. Cal. I said it last week and I stick by it. The female Cal sounds like a Civil War novel. Cal. Our rations are low. We were unable to help hold the line in Richmond. But my love, my love for you remains unwavered. Here he is. Wearing his Darrell Revis jersey. Adam Mothballs. There's moths flying around. <laughs> Classic moths, as Paul F. Tompkins once said. Stage moths. <laughs> Hi, Cal. Hello. Hey, buddy. Well, 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 well. Well, well, well. Looky what we have here. Looky here. Somebody's got a spring in his step. Oh, I sure do. <laughs> zippity doo dah. Zippity ay. That I was, was dancing with an umbrella today. It was great. Did you let the umbrella lead? Well, of course. Yes. <laughs> I'm a gentleman. Zippity doo da zippity Cal um, is so excited about the the Johnny Boychuck signing. I am too. I'm, I'm, well, yeah. I'm through the roof with it. But but coming on the heels of Darrell Revis's return to the New York Jets, we're gonna get into all of it. But you look good, buddy. You got Thanks. a little you got a little glow to you. Uh, yeah. Well, listen. This is this is it, uh, very rare that this happens. That this bounty comes all at once <laughs> right. for us. Right? <laughs> this windfall. It's not. Uh, it, it, this is not a, a usual occurrence for us. No. So, and uh, we're going to uh, talk about this later. Maybe in the fun loader. Maybe we'll just do it after we talk about these contracts and stuff. Just you know, one of your better non, one of your better sports days without an actual game being played. That's right. Non-event division. I like the way you titled that today. (laughs) One of my best sports days, non-game division. Non-game edition. Non-game edition, right. Right, that's right. Well, we'll go with division. That's fine. Hey, I don't Hmm. care. I'm so happy. We can go with whatever you want. (laughs) What do you want to call it? Sassafras? Right. I don't care. You just allowed your wife to take a second mortgage for a new kitchen. Doesn't matter. It does not matter. Doesn't matter. Sure, uh, honey. I I said this to somebody at work today. I I used the same term. I said this is one of my top five all time sports days. And I said, to be fair, I haven't had a lot. Right. So it's not hard to crack the top five. <laughs> That's right. So it it sounds yeah. more dramatic than it is, but right. It's not tar- it's not hard to get into the pantheon. Of, no. of non sports no. or uh, best sports days non non game division or or edition. You show up with like a box of cookies and you're in. And Mike Piazza and you're in. That's your day. That's, that's all. And Mike Piazza shows up with a box of cookies. <laughs> and you, come on in. You're a top five. Have Welcome. a seat at the table. Have a seat. You can 
you'll be right over there with the day with the day that the uh, <laughs> the Islanders drafted uh, John Tavares. You'll be right there. Take a seat. You know, it's funny because some of it is. Uh, I was thinking about this today, knowing that we were going to talk about it, and. I started to think about where I'm going to put Tavares, drafting John Tavares on this list. And, and i got to be honest with you, it's, it's growing. It has to. Or, or moving up in stature. It has to. It, what, now, it wasn't at the time? It was a good day at the time because he's the guy we wanted. All right. He was the best overall player, and they got the first pick. Don't forget, it was a lottery. Oh, yeah. They got the first pick. They went into the draft, and you're wondering if it's going to be Tavares. Social media wasn't what it is now, then. No, not at all. So you didn't know on Twitter. It wasn't like you know you had certainty that they were definitely going to take Tavares. You felt like they were. All signs indicated that they were, but this was the Islanders. Garth Snow could have taken anybody. <laughs> he could have traded it. He could have traded it. He so, could have... Uh, he could have forfeited it. <laughs> he didn't get up to the podium in time. Ah, we're you know we're good. Actually, we're set. We took Josh Bailey. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to hear your take on that and yep. and where these things fit in because today was just I. It's hard to put it into words. How excited I was! Just a wonderful day. And not a not and not a game was played. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Isn't it great how zippity doo is a universal sign of happiness? Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're singing it right now. Are you smiling? Almost impossible not to be happy while you're singing it. There's two things that you cannot, and then we'll bring PJ in for his comment on this, because I, I would venture to guess he will agree with me. Okay. Not that he'll disagree with you, because right, you know, right. he'll you know. staunchly disagree with you. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to crossfire here. I feel but like. I feel- <laughs> when did we get to the McLaughlin group? <laughs> Face off. <laughs> In the batter's Slap box. Shot. Now we're a the bad up. FNY show. <laughs> up and in. Am I Sal Licata in this equation? Because I don't want to be Sal Licata in this equation. Yeah, neither do I. Neither of us have to be Sal Licata. Yeah, nobody, nobody. We'll make PJ Sal Licata. <laughs> perfect. He doesn't know who he is. Two things. Singing zippity doo dah. you can't sing it without being happy. And scientifically proven to be physically impossible to eat an ice cream cone and not smile. Let's bring in uh, the third man in. The Bishop Third Man in. (laughs) Triple Thread. The Instigator. He is uh, our casual sports fan. He comments on all things pop culture. He is Bishop Bigfoot. I'm, I'm wearing Bishop. jeans and a blazer. I'm very casual. <laughs> Does your blazer have elbow uh, patches on it? Always. Wait, are you wearing a t-shirt under the blazer? Because that's, that's pretty casual. Anywhere that clothes bend, I need a patch. I need reinforcement. Absolutely everywhere. Otherwise, I'm threadbare after two wears. No good. 
my mother instilled that on me, and she was right. Were you a tough skins guy, PJ? Of course, tough skins in the husky size. In the husky size. I didn't. Or I didn't mean to go. I had to wear huskies too. I was in husky. You tough, were probably an kick. adorable. You you were like probably adorably chubby. Yeah, there's a but there's Whereas a, 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 I. I was I was chubby where the mothers would put their hand up to their face like this like does she, does she know he's that big? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, they're doing shirts and skins. Don't put them on skins. Don't. It's not oh, fair. Oh please don't. That'll that'll really hurt him. He's wearing husky pants. Don't we see this? That's And by the way, husky pants, I think they were reinforced with just cardboard. I think that's all that was in the leg. <laughs> You remember how they felt? It was like a parachute. Extremely stiff. It was Kevlar. (laughs) It may have been early Kevlar. (laughs) These are Kevlar reinforced pants because fat kids fall a lot. (laughs) And I did. And I did, as did I. Actually, uh, that's not true. I was kind of freakishly graceful for my size. You still are. Yes. You maintain that. And I have small feet. <laughs> How does he do such fantastic stunts? <laughs> such little feet. I was that uh, guy. You're an enigma. You really are. You're, you're really just a riddle. Uh, Cal uh, leads off with two questions for you uh, in the husky pants. Um, a, sure. is it possible to sing zippity doo without smiling? And B, addendum... I want to, I, I want to rephrase that. Please. The more I think about it. But is watch it, yourself, counselor. Is it possible <laughs> to sing zippity doo da angrily? That's, that's a, that is a better question. I would say no. No. The most you can the most you can do with it is you can do sort of the uh like a happy punk rock version of it. All right. You know. Zippity doo da, zippity a, but it's still joyful. Right. How about aggressive? Still can you get aggressive with it? Yes, you can get aggressive with it, but there's still there's no malice. <laughs> zippity doo da, zippity a. Right. That's sort of like the yeah Henry Rollins, <laughs> the Henry Rollins version. Right. Then there's like and an. My kids of- want to see that song. My kids want to know where that song comes from because we've talked about Song of the South. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and the fact well, that, that it's the, you know it's the Disney movie the you most, can't get. Right, the the most racist, perhaps one of the more racist movies ever ever put down on film. No, oh, I don't know if it's racist. I think it's just horribly tone deaf. It's in a different, slightly different column than straight up racist. Yes, it's not out and out racism, but it's pretty good. <laughs> if you want. If you want racism, it's like your grandmother's racism. You know, like right. your your old Italian grandmother, like she didn't really mean it. She didn't mean a, it, but you know, she say, I'll give your coat to the boy. I understand. Right. <laughs> yes. The great thing about the Italian grandmother, uh, you know, uh, sort of bigotry was it was equal opportunity. It was for everybody. Oh, yeah. Anybody, like, yes. Anybody. It was, it was for Italians. Like, like, like my grandmother, when she would call like the you know the guineas, oh they were real ginzaloons. 
Like grandma, mirror, pot, kettle. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, it's it was equal opportunity. It was anybody who was alive, basically. <laughs> um, oh yeah, there. I mean, there's a generation where any any race was up for grabs. It's just the way it was conversational. Right. That's right. Is there a Rage Against the Machine zippity doo That probably starts with a whisper, maybe. Zippity yay. My, 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 what a wonderful day. Zippity doo dah. Zippity Now he's screaming, and we know that it's important. And now I'm whispering, so it must be important. Nikita. So answer the question. Answer the question, Claire. Is it? Is it? Uh, oh, you answered that you question. Answer, answer that the question. second question. Second question. The ice cream you, question. Can you eat an ice cream cone, specifically an ice cream cone, <laughs> and not smile while eating it? Absolutely. And my evidence is how many times I was given ice cream while crying and continued okay. to sob through the entire ice cream cone. And then, and then, I don't believe what, that. What, <laughs> And then Once one of my enabling parents would say, don't you feel better you had ice cream? And I'd go, no, 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 no. And you, you husky jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and hence the husky jeans. That's right. Eat your feelings. Peach, uh, uh, Cal's not buying it, Peach. Cal says, Cal's calling BS on you. He's saying. No, I'm not, no he, the way he explained it, I, I, oh, I, okay. I get that. But I think it was more an act. I don't think he was still really upset. Right. I think he wanted his parents to know, this ice cream is great, but I'm still upset. Right. <laughs> I may seem placated, <laughs> but I am Little not drama. placated. Little right. drama. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, inside, the husky jean-wearing young man, who is smiling, I think. I do love some ice cream. I do love, I miss husky jeans. There was room. Did you, have, did you guys have corduroy pants, too, as well? Oh, yeah. What? Now, see, those things were made of burlap. Like, why were those things? Those things were durable. They were very uncomfortable. I mean, those you, you wore those cord type. They were half, <laughs> halfway between, like, dress pants and jeans. Yeah. But they were cord. Very and you didn't warm. know where, where they wanted to be, and it was 114 degrees, and you were sweating. Yeah. Extremely warm pants. And you're playing kickball in them inexplicably. Like, why Why did you send me outside to play in cords? On That's a why you're happy for the day? ice cream. Just to cool down. Why were they always brown? Always brown. Always brown corduroys. Some shade of brown. I had tan ones. I had purple ones. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Are those your sister's? Maybe, your sister's pants. Sister's potato. Ah, your sister's pants. <laughs> yeah, your sister's potato. And her corduroys. Your sister's corduroys. That, that, that Listen, actually... Yes. On ice cream, just for one second, before you go to sports. Sure. If if you go for ice cream now, if you, if you go to one of these Dairy Queen type, you know, ice cream like places. Like a parlor? <laughs> like a parlor. We talking Cold Stone? We talking Hillstone? We talking like a mom and pop shop? Or... What's your soft, soft serve order? All of it. How do, you, how do you order your soft serve? The season's coming. They're all going to be open in a week. God, I love ice cream. 
Haven't had ice cream in six months, boys. Six months. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You somebody's married? gonna somebody's gonna get hurt. <laughs> carbs, man. Carbs. There's no carbs in ice cream. Come on. You wanna you wanna go look that one up? <laughs> I think he's wrong on that. Wanna take a peek at that one? Cal says, you can't digest the carbs from ice cream because you're smiling. (laughs) So they go right through you. That's right. It's all positive thinking. Brian Atkins Calvi. Hey, you want to know what my my go-to is? More than anything. Yes, Yes, you're going to love this. You may or may not be familiar with the fact that Carvel serves Nutella soft serve ice cream. I'm sorry, what now? I said. I heard what you said. I heard you. All right. Is this real? Uh, It's as real as the day is long. Wow. Excuse me. I'm just going to pass out over here. (laughs) (laughs) And we lost PJ. That was it. All I see are his feet pointing straight up. (laughs) We lost Cal today on Johnny Boychuk signing. We lost PJ with Nutella soft serve. Nutella soft serve. They debuted that last year. That's insane. It's ridiculous. What do you do to it? Anything? You, you eat sprin- it. No, right. I'm aware. Do you sprinkle it? Do you sure. Whatever you want. You do whatever you want to it. By it the way, do- I would talk to it. it I would talk softly to it. Hey. Hey, Nutella. Oh. Oh, you're in my hand? Oh, my. Why would the ice cream be in your hand? It smells so good. It's in a cone. Tickling it. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> oh, Nutella, you're so coy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I was gonna say. Do you know? By the way, some people call sprinkles Jimmy's. Did you know this? It, that's regional, I think. It is absolutely. I grew regional, up with but Jimmys. I don't know. I don't know what region. Uh, I believe Brownwood Jimmy's and. And rainbow or sprinkles. I'm sorry. Who are you? Say that again. In Staten Island, brown were Jimmy's. In Staten Island, rainbow on Staten Island. Through Staten Island. <laughs> Upon Staten Island. That's important. What do you say on Long Island or in Long Island? Cal, what do you I say? say? F in Long Island. Hey, no need for that. Island. No need. On. No need. On. On Long Island. It's an island. You're on it. Right. You're some, not in it. Some people say it's not in. a paper bag. So, okay. <laughs> some people say in Long Island, don't they? Never heard that. Right. In New York. Yes. In Manhattan. Not an island. Well, Manhattan is an island. In Queens. But on Long Island. You don't, you don't say on you, Queens. You say on Long Island. Mm-hmm. You don't say on Queens. You say in Queens. You say in Manhattan. You say on Staten Island. Is that right? Prepositionally, well, what, I have absolutely no preference. There's a, there's a regionality there, too. Yeah. Do you stand no, in I, line or online? Oh, boy. <laughs> Are you skating? Oh, well, we're not going to settle this tonight. <laughs> I mean, come on. Are we doing time. this or not? No, we're not. That was the first question my roommate Gary would ask anybody, by the way. <laughs> when he met like them. a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say in line or online? Do you stand in been... line or online? 
He must have been quite popular at school. He was. There's, of course he was. There's inline online Gary. <laughs> Came to be known. What's I Gary? say one of the I greatest people who ever lived. You stand in line. We stood in line. For Jimmy's? For Jimmy's. So on in Staten Star Island Rock. on Staten Island they called them Jimmy's? The yeah. brown ones. The brown. Well, Only the brown. That's, that's racist. That may have been what it was. I don't know. <laughs> but it possible. kind of faded over time. And it, this was, this, this was this like was my grandmother. <laughs> I, I think he could have called them Jimmy's up until when I was about junior high school age, and then it just kind of all became sprinkles. Right. I, ne- I had never heard Jimmy's until uh, my friend from Philly said it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get Jimmy's on your ice cream? I said I don't I don't want. Is that a disease? I don't want that. <laughs> Got a Ma, bad I got case the of the Jimmies. Jimmies? I got the Jimmies. Don't get mad. My order Ma, is simple. Mommy, don't cry. I just got Jimmies. <laughs> mommy, don't, mommy, don't cry. My offer is this. Nothing. What's your ice cream? It's it's basic. It's it's vanilla with chocolate sprinkles. That's it. Me too. That's it. Home run. Or, waffle cone or, or sugar? Waffle cone. Or uh, sugar cone. Sorry. I answered almost mm. too quickly. There's no wrong answer. Sugar cone. All right. Well, that's fine. Cal, sugar cone, waffle cone, settle this. Uh, I get that cake cone. What? What are you doing? That's what Cargo serves it in. You're just making it up now. What the hell's a cake cone? It's the the short cone with the round top. It's not. Doesn't come to a point at the bottom. Doesn't look like a. Yeah, that's the that's the sugar cone. That's a sugar cone, right? This is not a sugar cone. Which comes to a, oh, that's a, a waffle point. cone. No. The waffle cone comes to a point. The sugar cone is round everywhere. Round okay. on top, round on the bottom. All right. There's also a sugar cone that comes to a point, wrapped in paper. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about the round. Is that a cake cone? Is that what that's, that's called? called? A cake cone. Yes. Uh, all right, Tom Carvel. In Carvel, it's called a cake cone. On, on Carvel, it's called a cake cone. <laughs> On the planet Carvel. <laughs> planet Carvel. Where Cookie Opus is the ruling <laughs> dictator. Listen, fellas, the weather's getting warmer. Do yourselves a favor. Go get a Nutella cone yeah, from Carvel, please. If I'm going to break this ice cream uh, fast for charity that I've been doing, and, and that charity being me not being fat, um, I, I'm going to do it for a Nutella uh, soft serve cone. Yeah, highly we, we we have to get to sports. This is insane. Right. There's like there's nothing going on in sports that we can sit here and talk about ice cream for 20 minutes. Only the biggest week in the history of the NFL free agency. Okay, Peach, we'll be back in a bit, huh? Ah, oh, look at what he did. That's a producer. Welcome back. There it is. Your dreams were your ticket out. Sums it up perfectly. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabe Kapler. <laughs> Gabe Kapler? <laughs> the utility outfielder? Yeah, we couldn't get Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> we could only get Gabe Kapler. Only Gabe Kapler. Who he doesn't mean uh, Gabe Kaplan impression. He has no idea why he's here tonight. No idea. Um, Cal, what a week. Let's just jump right into it. 
Well, you know, it's amazing, and we will, but it's amazing where we were one week ago when we did the show. It's been one week. You can't have imagined what would, what, you knew it was going to get crazy, and there was like some rumblings last Thursday about things that could happen, but not a lot, Right. and then it just, it blew up more than I could ever remember. Yeah, there was there was no possible way to foresee this happening. The the NFL free agency period with the 3 days of legal tampering um which sort of felt new only because and I I guess they've been doing this for a while but only because it this was the first year they leaked it. Is that what it was? Yes. That's my understanding. My understanding was this was the first year that teams started to leak it out to social media as to put pressure on the teams that offered the contracts to make good on the contracts. That's why the Dolphins are being investigated for Sue. That's why um, uh, the, the, uh, they're being investigated about LaShawn McCoy and that trade. They're being uh, – and the NFL sent out you know, a memorandum to all the teams on Sunday about saying, stop this. And what happened was the agents would leak this out to put pressure on the team to make good on the contract they were offering. Okay. So it really did get insane. I want to take it from the Jets' point of view in in a minute. But I do just want to say Chip Kelly certainly makes football fun. He does. He, he, say whatever you want about him. And – Everything under the sun has been said has about been him. said about him, including that he's a racist. Or, well, Stephen A. Smith didn't say he was a racist; he just merely implied it. Um, but he, I don't know what he's doing. I I work with a bunch of Eagles fans, Cal, and every it seemed like every hour they were like, "What is he?" Do? Like I would just hear from another side of the office, like, "What the f? What's he doing now?" And I and then you'd see it come up on Twitter, and you'd be like. Hmm, Nick Foles for Sam Bradford. I wait, what? But but in essence, with the signing of DeMarco Murray today, I just want to say this about the Eagles. He basically traded LaShawn McCoy for DeMarco Murray and Kiko Alonso. Right? That's a trade you'd make. Now, of course they released Trent Cole. Right. Which was odd. They let Macklin go. They but they offered him a lot of money, Cal. They did. They offered him, I think, like $9 million a year. And he, and he was like, well, I can get more. And so they said, go get more. And he did. And he did. And so then I they signed Maxwell. For that. Right. And they signed Maxwell, you know, first day of free. That was another one where the contract leaked. Right. He's, he's got a lot of Oregon Ducks there. It's, it's do you understand? Crazy. Do you understand Bradford for Foles? I understand it. Only from the perspective that Bradford might be easier to move than Foles. If they're still looking to do that. See, I think he likes Bradford. Which I don't know if they're still looking. I, you, I can't tell. I still don't know what they're doing. Oh, you have no idea. I mean, he held a pre- Chip Kelly held a press conference yesterday, and he was like, I have no interest in Mariota. Let's, uh, Mariota, let's just uh, dispel the rumors. I don't think he knows what dispel means. Like, let's just, you know, get it out of there. It didn't even go to his pro day today. I know he's the best quarterback in the draft, but, you know, we're moving on. And we got Sam Bradford. I had a first-round offer for Sam Bradford today. But then Mariota came out and said he met with the Eagles. I know. (laughs) Right. So Chip's nose is growing during a press conference. What's happening? It's one of two things. It's either 
because they signed Sanchez first. Right. Like, that was their first order of business, was to bring back Mark Sanchez on, like, a very lucrative deal for a backup, to be a backup. So he must love, and, and look, you know how I feel about Mark Sanchez. I, I think Mark Sanchez can play good football if he's in the right system with, with good coaching, and I don't blame He went 4-4 four and four last year as the Eagles starter. He threw a big interception in a big game, and everybody points to it. If their secondary could stop a nosebleed, they would have won that game. <laughs> so I defend Mark Sanchez quite a bit, but he must obviously be what Chip Kelly wants in a backup quarterback. Maybe I... he just likes Bradford, Cal. I can't see a team wanting Sam Bradford more than Nick Foles. No, that's that's what's weird about it. So if it was for trade considerations or to trade up to take Marcus Mariota, what? Who wants Sam Bradford coming off an ACL and never having lived up to the promise of being the first overall pick more than Nick Foles, whose best season was 27 touchdowns and two interceptions? And was not like an undrafted free agent. Nick Foles was a third-round pick. Nick Foles was the, you know, uh, came out of college, highly recruited uh, or highly touted, highly drafted. Every scouting report you read on Nick Foles says he's got, a, you know, the potential he can make all the throws. He's got the potential to be a starting quarterback in the NFL and a good one. I mean, I went back and looked before he was traded just in case the Jets get him. And I, I just, what does he do? But he's making his fun. He made a Madden trade. The LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso trade is a Madden trade. Oh, yeah. You you couldn't make that trade on Madden. They'd be like, your offer has been rejected. Try again. Add a draft pick. So oh. just a and, little little tip of the cap, a little doff of the cap to Chip Kelly. Right, and then you said he signed DeMarco Murray. Signed DeMarco Murray today. Uh-huh. Reunites DeMarco Murray with Sam Bradford, Oklahoma teammates. Did they also sign Ryan Matthews? Yes, they did. That happened? Yes, which, okay. uh, from everything I saw, which, again, my Eagles fans were like, what is he doing? It's like, Ooh, Ryan Matthews, has, when he plays 10 games in a season, let me know. Plus, DeMarco Murray touched the ball 500 times last year. But if you could maybe get that down to 300, that might be a good thing. The counterpoint to that is now he's got Murray, Matthews, and Sproles. And He's Sproles. got three really good running backs. But they play in the same backfield at the same time, though, Cal. So you're going to put you're going to put Murray and Sproles in the – he doesn't use a fullback. You're going to put Murray and Sproles in the backfield at the same time. Because you're operating out of a shotgun and running 78 plays in 42 minutes. Right. So and there, there's plenty of touches to go around for all three of those guys. I thought signing Matthews, Ryan Matthews, was actually smart to sort of back up DeMarco Murray and make sure he doesn't have to touch the ball 500 times. You know, it's it's just been fun to watch. Now, let's and, get... And I would be surprised if Percy Harvin doesn't wind up there. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Now, let's get to the really important thing. We said last week on this very program, we discounted Darrell Revis. We, we named our top three free agency wants for the Jets. And we discounted Darrell Revis because it wasn't possible. Well, and also, it, he wasn't a free agent at the time. He wasn't a free agent. Neither of us thought he was going to become a free agent because these things don't happen for the Jets. They don't happen. And I was talking with 
Joe Cap tonight, Cal, because uh, we had our meeting at Five Milestone, and we should tell everybody uh, it's on. We're doing the show. Met with Sean, uh, one of the owners of Five Milestone tonight, Dave Lopez from Gunhill Brewery Co., and of course Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com. We had our little meeting tonight. Worked out all the details. Thursday, April the 30th, 7.30 p.m., we will be doing a live joint streaming podcast, simulcast at Five Milestone on the Upper East Side of New York, 85th and 2nd Avenue. There's going to be beer specials. There's going to be uh, food specials. There's going to be a $5 cover charge that goes directly to the bar. That's not for us at all. That's just to cover everybody there. We have the hole upstairs. Cal, they put in a projection TV. Nice. Yes, he put in a projection TV for the uh, for the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Cool. So we will be watching the draft. If you're a Jets fan, come down. If you're a Giants fan, come down. Anybody in the metropolitan area who just wants to hang out, drink some beers, eat some food, watch the draft while we simulcast a podcast with Turn on the Jets, please come down. It's going to be a, a great, great time. Joe Cap from Turn on the Jets has some things to auction off or a raffle off. We're going to do a raffle. There's a, a DeBrickashaw Ferguson signed football, Jeremy Curley signed football. We're probably going to raffle off some preseason Jets tickets uh, for anybody who wants them. Uh, we have a couple of things to raffle off. So uh, we're hoping to get uh, one of the beat reporters from the Jets, uh, maybe Chris Lepresti, Dom Constantino, some of the guys that we've worked with. And we're even trying to get a player. So we'll see. But overall, it's going to be a fantastic time, so please come down. Talking to Joe about this, and Joe said, uh, we were walking to the subway after we met, and Callie goes, when has this ever happened? Because Dave uh, Lopez from Gunhill Brewery uh, said, I dusted, my wife said to me, I can wear my Revis jersey again. Like, good thing you didn't throw it out. And Joe's point was, when is this? ever happened where you get a guy back two years later in his prime like it doesn't happen it's not like he's coming here at the end of his career like Tom Seaver in 83 with the Mets you know like this is the guy back two years later in his prime and you're wearing your Revis jersey it's unprecedented I cannot believe it happened to our organization I, I can't I can't even take it I can't it's hard to come up with, with a comparison. I think you're right. I, off the top of my head, I can't you – have, you have instances where guys come back to finish their career. I can't think of somebody in their prime. Best, he's, this he's is like when back. Nigel Tufnell came back to Spinal Tap. <laughs> that's, that's right, in his prime, when he meets them on the stage in Japan. <laughs> I just, just want to let you know that uh, Sex Farm – Number five, in Japan. Spend <laughs> the best quote of all time. Spinal Taps version of Sex Farm. As if there was another one in existence. As if some other band had a song called Sex Farm. Um, yeah, this is, it's unprecedented. I feel like there's a baseball player somewhere along the way. Two years later, Cal? When he's still at the top of his game? Uh, the complete top of his game. There hasn't been a baseball player that gets traded at the deadline and then comes back and signs with the team that traded him. Maybe I'm that, sure. There, I'm sure there is. I, I can't think I, of one today. No, I, I can't. Certainly couldn't think of one in football. 
No, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but that's that's how crazy it is. It is. It's, and it's, and just to, to further drive your point home, it never happens to the Jets ever, ever. And like easily, like it wasn't protracted, and it, they didn't have it. They signed a contract that night. Well, easily in. I mean, all they had to do if if they weren't so far under the cap, it would not have been as easy. Uh, no, of course. I'm, that's what I'm saying, though, Cal. Like, it wasn't like it took five days or three days or, you know, no. it wasn't like a big protracted thing or you had competition or you were waiting here. It, five hours later, he signed. Yeah, because it probably wasn't much of a negotiation. It was, yeah, we're going to give you all of this money. All right. Well, the the great the story was out about um, uh, how it actually went down. And the woman who does the, the Jets contracts, uh, I can't think of her name. It's Jacqueline something. And she's been there for years. And she did the other contracts for Revis. His rookie contract, and she's the one who presents them. She goes over them and stuff like that. I think she's an attorney. And um, she said she before she called McCagnan and Woody and took it to them, she looked at Revis and, and Schwartz and you know his, his agents and stuff and said, um, is, is this it? <laughs> like, are we sure? Can I please present this? And and apparently Sean Gilbert was in the room. Darrell Reeves' uncle. And Sean Gilbert said, yeah, we're good. <laughs> so, it, it, look, let's talk about it from a football aspect, Cal. Because they, they, of course, signed Buster Screen, uh, another cornerback. They signed Antonio Cromartie today. They got the band back together. Staggering, staggering work. This coming on the heels of trading for Brandon Marshall... Right? In an absolute steal. Steal. Fifth round pick. Fifth round pick, and they got a seventh back. And what did they do with that seventh round pick? No, that's next year's. That's next year's? Yeah, Fitzpatrick's is 2016. Okay. Well, they also traded for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Traded for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So to bring in the veteran who knows Changeli's offense, et cetera, et cetera. They re-signed Bilal Powell. They They re-signed David Harris. They signed James Patterson. Uh, an offensive guard to come in and compete at a very reasonable reasonable number. The author, yes. So prolific. <laughs> and uh, um, tonight, who else? Somebody Willie else. Cologne. They signed oh, Willie Cologne, Cologne back Tanner to Tanner Purdom. Tanner Purdom, their long snapper, who, by the way, everybody makes fun of, but it sucks when he messes up, and Tanner Purdom never messes up. Mm-hmm. So, McCac- and, this is, and again, free agency started officially Tuesday at 4. So we we are about 54 hours after free agency started, and look at what the Jets have done to this. And they team. have it. They have they and they took what was likely probably one of the weakest units, if not the weakest unit at the position in the NFL in cornerback, and turned it into one of the strongest. It's probably now a top five unit. With Revis, Cromartie, Buster Green. You know, Bob Schusen said something great today, Cal, about D. Milner. And now D. Milner becomes, this was the quote, a luxury, not a necessity. Mm. So he can come back, he can rehab on his own time. And you know what the first thing I thought of, Bri, when they signed Cromartie today? Was co- collision low crossers. Yep. And it was uh, the, the great book by Nicholas Dawidoff. Uh, about the 2010 to, or 2011 Jets, 
and Darrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie in their Friday night film sessions where they would just watch film and the young cornerback, I can't think of who it was, Cal. Shoot, can't think of who the corner was. But they invited him to watch film with them and it changed his career. Changed his career. And now the idea of D. Milliner being able to, to do that with Revis and Cromartie. Yeah. That's one of the things about... Let's think about this with Revis, Cal. That's not just even what he means to the fan base. Right? I'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk from a football aspect. You get Todd Bowles, a, a new coach in his first... You know, first time really... He was interim coach, uh, coach for three games for the Dolphins. First time ever coaching, you get him, the premier player at the position that lets him do exactly what he wants to do on defense. Immediately. Having Darrell Revis makes every other corner better. Makes every other part of your defense better. Because you can do things that you can't do without him. You just can. You can only, you know what, you don't have to blitz. You, you can blitz eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you know that the that that one receiver is going to be covered, you can bring down. You know, Cal, it makes Calvin Pryor better. It makes Antonio Allen better. It makes the rest of the secondary better. Now you have an elite defensive line. They've already had that with Mo Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson. And now Quinton Coples will probably have his hand in the ground where he belongs and back on the defensive line and snacks Harrison. You had an elite defensive line. If they can get an edge pass rusher, forget about it. This defense has a chance to go from mediocre at best to elite. This defense has a chance to be better than the vaunted Rex Ryan defenses of, of, of 09. Yep, absolutely. It really does. It really does. So that's one thing that Revis provides you. The other thing is he provide. The other thing he provides you is he's a coach on the field. The Patriots said it. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Buccaneers said it. It's a huge part of that book, Bry. He's the best practice player anyone's ever seen. He's the best. Other guys learn how to practice by watching him. Cromartie did. Mm-hmm. He's the best practice player ever that that so many of these football coaches have ever seen. And now he comes back with a ring and a mission. Well, that that's a nice segue into the question that I had for you. Because he's got a ring and he's got $36 million guaranteed coming to him or whatever it was. 39. 39. Yep. And he's older. He's, he's going to be 30. He's older. Yeah. What's his motivation? Do you think there's going to be a you think there's going to be a problem with his motivation? Not now. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying. No, it's a great question. He's gonna. He's gonna jake it out there, and he's gonna take plays off. And Never he's does. Gonna come in and just sit on sit on his money. But is he gonna be as hungry as he once was with the money, with the ring, with trying to protect himself because he's getting older? Never has a player. You know, somebody said. Somebody called him. I think it was maybe Barnwell. But somebody called him the greatest, one of the greatest athlete businessmen of all time. Because he has continually bet on himself and won. Right. That's true. 
And his motivation, Brian. See, and and look, Darrell Revis' first motivation is always money. But I think that's taken care of. I do think, genuinely, that he wanted to come back to the Jets. I think there is something about the idea of leading the Jets to a Super Bowl and going down in lore as the greatest Jet player ever and like supplanting Joe Namath. I I think there's something to it to him. I really do. And I think that's what he's come back here to do. I think Which he's is funny. Back, I think he's come back here to get this team a ring. And it's funny because somebody I forgot who tweeted it said that Revis chose money over his legacy. And I I said that could couldn't be more wrong. And he's already made money. And he did choose and yes, he did choose the money here because he could have stayed with with the Patriots sure. for a lot less. And that's fine. He he chose the most money. But coming back to the Jets does nothing to his legacy because his legacy is here. Yeah. It's where he started. Yeah. If he goes into the Hall of Fame, he goes in as a Jet. And there's nothing that look, he won a ring with the Patriots and, and he had a fantastic year and that takes nothing away from it. If he wins a ring with the New York Jets, forget it. Forget it. His legacy is cemented. I'm telling you, he has a chance to supplant Joe Namath as the face of the franchise. Well, I, I, LeBron James is a pretty good comparison here, right? Yeah. That's it. I mean, Revis is not the best player in the league. But well, there it is. There it is. We just, we just, we were looking for the comparison. It's LeBron, right? It has to be. LeBron goes back to Cleveland after what? Four years? Five three, years? Three or four years? Wasn't more than four? I think it was four years. Right. And, 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 and two best, rings. He's the best player in sports. That's right. LeBron. Went back. Obviously, we missed it. That's the obvious comparison. A, a, a franchise getting their player back four years later. And still in his prime. Right. Yeah, obviously. I don't know how we missed that. But yeah, absolutely. No, but uh, absolutely. That's the greatest comparison. But the the other thing about this too, Bri, for Revis is... I think... I think he understands the history of this team. And, and and the history of the Jets. And look, he had six teams make offers to him, Bri. He could have gone to the Raiders. He could have gone somewhere else and gotten the same money. Could have. I don't think he could have gotten the same money. Oh, I think so. I don't agree. But you don't think you don't think a team like the Jaguars, who are seventy, you know, sixty million dollars under the cap, if they came calling, wouldn't give him that guaranteed money? I don't know. That was oh, a lot. I, of, that's oh, a lot I of do. money I to do. guarantee. I do. Look at what the Dolphins just gave. Just gave. You know, Sue. I mean, it, I, I, I think I, with the amount of teams that were under the cap to that extent, I could see three or four teams making an offer to him. Maybe I don't I, look. I, I think his the first reason why he's here is money. That's number one. It's the number one reason why well, he's the money had to be the money had to be right. That I will agree with. It's money. That's yes. it. The money had to be right. right. I think there is a part of him that wanted to come back. I don't, I don't buy how much he wanted to come back, the way that he talks about it. I'm coming home, all of that. I don't buy well, that. I mean, half of that is marketing. 
Yeah, but I but, don't buy. I don't buy it. I think I buy really. I maybe think I'm, yeah. Maybe I'm naive. I think yeah, it's cool. I, I get to go play for the Jets again. That's that's pretty cool. It's where I started. I, it it happened. It happened to work out for him, and he's happy about it. But I don't think he's on a mission to come back and like be the conquering hero returns home. Oh, I think he is. I don't think so. I don't I don't buy I that. I think that fits into his ego. He's I a businessman. I think that but I think that fits that into his his mold. But the business was taken care of. So he got the money. Right. If the and money if the money was equal here and Cleveland, he would have come here. Probably. If the money was equal here and the Raiders, he would have come here. Probably. Because there there I think there is something to the fact that he does want to be the conquering hero. Uh, there's something to that. I'll agree. I don't think it's nearly what everybody okay. wants it to be. Because that's the, that's the story, right? The great story is yeah. that Revis is magnanimous and wants to come back for us, the fans, and well, for the sure. organization. Sure. And everybody wants that. I don't think it's at that level. Does it matter, though, for this fan base? Nope. Because this, this fan base is... <laughs> doesn't matter at all. This fan base is through the roof. The, and by the way, I guess McCagnan basically bought himself like a three-year grace period. I mean, he really did. I can. Yeah, I, I was I joking so. with Joe that like they could trade out of the six, go back to twenty, and take a punter, and people would be like, "Well, look, I don't like it, but he brought back Revis. Let's give him some time. We do really need a punter, uh, you know." <laughs> you're you're right, but in the year 2015, I don't think he gets that much of a grace period. How important, though, is this for the a for the regime to come in and have you know just hit the ground running like this and have the centerpiece of it be bringing back one of the most popular players in the history of the team? And b what does it do for the psyche of the fan base going into the their first draft? Like I think there's like an like I and I'll say it not to speak for the psyche of the fan base I don't at all but I feel much more confident about the draft yeah than I did you know three days ago not that I was uneasy but now I well this guy's this guy's on top of his stuff like he you know he knows what he's doing well that's there's another question for you how how much credit are you giving McCagnin let's let's talk about Revis okay first. Okay, how much credit do you give McCagnin versus Woody Johnson saying, give him whatever he wants? I give, I, I'm going to give McCagnin a lot of credit because I'm, I'm sure the edict came down from Woody Johnson. And right? I'm sure it, Woody Johnson said, slide a blank check across the table mm-hmm. and let him fill in the numbers. So under that premise, couldn't anybody have done what McCagnin did? No, and I'll tell you why. Okay. To me. Yeah, this is what I want to hear. To me, because the negotiations with his agents in the past have been so, so acrimonious, and because this is one of the more sort of, I I don't know, you know, sort of temperamental situations negotiating with this guy, that it could have easily blown up. I don't think it was like a complete no-brainer. I really don't. I think it took I think it took a deft touch for him to say, 
for him to wait it out and wait out the you know New England and then let New England do what it does. Now, did he have a blank check? Absolutely. It's the Brian Cashman thing, right? Like, does Brian Cashman get credit for you know a, a contract when he has a blank check? Well, he's still got to do the negotiations, and he's still got not got to f it up. Right. Right. And so, and this being his first negotiation, essentially, you know, I mean, he had signed Buster Screen uh, before this, but this is this is huge. He could f this up. He's never done this before. What if he says one thing to piss off Schwartz and Feinsod? So yeah. I, I I do give I, I do I do give him credit, and I feel like there's some confidence built up in me that, and he's closing deals. John Itzik couldn't close deals. John Itzik was in over his head. Yeah, and McCagman's closing a lot of deals concurrently. That's the other thing that 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 I'll I'll give him is that he's got a lot of oars in the fire. No, that's not it's uh oars in the fire. No. Because that, that would, would render them useless. That would render the ore useless, I feel like. What? He's got a lot of... Irons in the fire? Irons in the fire. Sure. He's got. he's got a lot of irons in the fire. And ores in the water. Ores in the water. That's what it is. He's got a lot of irons in the water, thus making the boat sink. That being said, <laughs> I didn't use that correctly, but he's closing all of these deals. He yeah. signed how many of these players in in a two-day period... So that's impressive. It is for a it guy is. that's never done this before. And it seemed, and it, it, you know, they threw this out there today, and I agree with it. You know, credit to Rod Graves, who is obviously helping him with these negotiations um, because he's been there before. But I, I give him a lot of credit, Cal. This wasn't the to me. It's not a slam dunk when you're dealing with one of the, you know, one of the more uh, temperamental negotiators in football history in Darrell Rivas, a guy who's held out like six times and is on his third contract in three years. <laughs> you know, it's not easy. It, there's no such thing as a slam dunk. And then Cromarty started negotiating with Antonio Cromarty at like four o'clock on Tuesday and finally closed him today and oh, didn't, you know didn't let off of it and stayed with it and went through the negotiations and closed it. It helped that Cromarty was pretty vocal about wanting to come back before free agency even started, and even no. more and even more helpful that he signed Revis. Yeah, because that Cromarty wanted to be reteamed with Revis. I tell you what, if you don't sign Revis, you don't get Cromarty. I really believe that. I think Cromarty goes elsewhere. Do you? How? Im, all right, let's take this. How improved is this team? Significantly. Okay. Are they a playoff competitor? I think. Who's your starting quarterback? I think that's the problem. Okay. I think well, we know it's the problem, but but of the guys they have on the roster right no, now. No, 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 no. That I think to going back to your previous question. Sure. I think the the fact that their two quarterbacks right now are Geno Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to prevent them from being a playoff team right now. Okay. Your starting quarterback today is Geno Smith. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. It's gonna that can that can change a lot. I mean, Although Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick played very well last year. Well, I mean, in, in the in the twelve games he started, he had you know seventeen touchdowns, eight interceptions, sixty four percent completion percentage. Like he played well. Okay, to be more accurate, 
you don't have a starting quarterback right now because the That's idea better. is that they're going to battle it out. That's right. And the better quarterback is going to start. The guy who plays better actually will play. That's right. For a change. Which is good. But there's no guarantee that the starting quarterback is on the roster right now. I don't think they're done. And we read today that Changeli might be interested in drafting Mariota. Smokescreen. The old double reverse smokescreen where... The animation of Puerto Rico. (laughs) The whole Princess Bride theory. That's right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a smokescreen. You're stalling now. It won't work. Um, You've given everything away. Of course we're going to draft Mariota. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if they I mean, I can't see them trading for another quarterback. Can you? Yes. Short answer, yes. I can give you a long can, answer. I could see them... <laughs> I could see them on the phone with the Tampa Bay Bucks four seconds after they draft Jameis Winston asking what it'll take to get Mike Glennon, for example. I don't see that. We take take a fourth, we'll take Mike Glennon. I'm just saying that I could see that sort of thing. I I, I don't think they're done at quarterback. I don't think the quarterback roster is finished. I think the only thing they would do is draft Mariota. If they don't don't draft Mariota, then they're going to go with these two guys. So you don't think a uh, trade out of the six for Sam Bradford, the Eagles won, and you don't see that? Would you take Sam Bradford here? Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. And I'm not, I'm not a fan, but I think I would too. I'm a fan of what he could be. Yeah. But I don't trust that he can ever be what he is supposed to be. It's like a song. Very moving. I didn't say it as eloquently as I would have sung it. <laughs> right. But I I would take him. Yes, as would I. Especially in that trade scenario. Let me ask you this question. Shoot. I don't know if I don't know if it's a question or more of uh let's set the stage and turn back time <laughs> Okay. To Monday. If I could turn back time. If I could find a way to go back to Monday. Yes, go on. Let's go back to Monday. Monday. (laughs) Monday. Um, We were killing them. We were killing them on Monday. We were, we were, and I, I, okay, I shouldn't say we, I don't know where you were at. No, I was killing them too. kind of agreed that like what, what's going on here? They put all their eggs in the Revis basket. Right. Was that really a smart move? (laughs) The Revis basket. Right? Are they selling those now, too, on the Jets website? Revis Baskets. Revis Baskets. Yeah. You get all your eggs in there? Yeah. And they're little Revis eggs. Right. Um, like the like the Russian nesting dolls. <laughs> right. It's just Revis on top of Revis on top of Revis. I was sort of mock killing him, but there was a, there was a, there was a shred of, of legitimacy to my, my, my killing him. Yeah, I think I think we I think you and I were getting wrapped up in the hysteria and and making it, it like it wasn't as bad right as it was being made out to be. We were definitely uh Armageddon it. Yes, we were wrapped up <laughs> in love bites. There was definitely some hysteria. <laughs> pour, pour some sugar on me. 
there's not there's not a lot of bands that have stupider lyrics than Def Leppard. There's really not. You can't that were hugely popular and like people like liked these songs because of their lyrics. And you no, just, people did not like the songs because of the lyrics. Look, regardless of what was written on notebooks, I'm not all over high school. And I want, and I need, and I love, animal. That's the lyric that Joe's going with for this song. Like, did they talk to each other? I thought it was, and I'm all. What, now? <laughs> right? And, and I want, and I need, and I love, and I'm all. And I mow? Mull. Mull. Like you're mulling over a decision. Wouldn't that make more sense? He's just telling you, he's telling you all of the things that he's doing. He's just listing them. It's just a list. Joe, it's very interesting that you're using the word mole here because I don't know if that lands with American audiences. Uh, you know, I don't know if that will play in the States. No, I'm thinking about something. I'm mulling it. Yeah, you're mulling it over. I get that. Why don't you leave that lyric for Blues Traveler? <laughs> You mean the band that hasn't arrived yet? Yeah, that's right. That's more of a blue in the future. <laughs> the lyric. They're gonna be good. They're gonna be great. They're gonna that guy who plays harmonica. That's more of, really more of a blues traveler's first album that hasn't been written yet. Yes. Why don't you change it to animal? Well, that doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme then. No, certainly not. But um, I. I it gets away from the point that I'm trying to make. Sorry. That I'm thinking about something. You're mulling it over. <laughs> That's right. Joe is mulling it over. And I want and I need and I love and I mull. <laughs> Would have worked better. <laughs> Which, back to my original point, stupid lyrics. <laughs> Yes, we were in hysterics. We were wondering when something was going to happen. And then, of course, the Giants signed Shane Vereen. Right, the Giants signed Shane Vereen. All of the free, all of the cornerbacks were being signed before they were even signed because it right. was Monday. Maxwell was gone six years, forty-two million or whatever. Like we were all, Flowers it was, it was game. over. It was all Kareem over. Jackson went somewhere. He Everybody went back to Houston, so he never even got a shot of Kareem Jackson. My three guys were gone in ten minutes. Devin McCourty resigned with the Patriots. McCourty. Like, and all before free agency officially started. Sorry. And it That's was right. like panic at the disco. It was panic at the disco. And right. the fact that they – and by the way, just to go back to that Shane Vereen signing, and we should mention the Giants here, really well done. Great signing for him, for them. I don't think it's getting the credit that it should either. I totally agree. And Right. And it's just such – he's such a good football player. He really is. And he's going to be a secure – he's basically a tight end playing the running back position. And you 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 get a guy that on every third down is going to be available for Eli Manning. It just – he's it's such a good signing for them. And for that offense. Because Odell Beckham Jr., if they get Victor Cruz back – we know what Odell Beckham Jr. is capable of becoming this this really dominant force who's going to be targeted all the time. Now teams are going to roll coverage. Now 
and you, you can spread out the field and throw screens and you know uh, you know dump offs circle routes to 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 Shane Vereen. He's got unbelievable hands. He's a fantastic blocker. I just love it. It's such a good signing to go with Brown and Rashad Jennings. Um, not Brown. Uh, Williams. Andre Williams. Andre Williams. Yeah. Uh, just a fantastic signing. Just a, such a good signing. Uh, they still need help on the offensive line. A ton that team. I think they'll address that in the draft. I was surprised they didn't make a play at Iupati. Iupati seemed to go quick. He did. He seemed to. He was like, I'm going to Arizona. Or even That's it. even uh, you know Beluga signed back uh, or Belaga signed back with the uh, with the Packers, right? Um, I mean, there there are guys still out there. Yeah, I'm just surprised they didn't make a big move on it. They got to do something with that offensive line. Um, but anyway, oh, and and <laughs> I I thought of this too. So many thoughts going through my head with Revis and and the Revis signing. One of which is the the Jets play the Giants this year. That's right. Can you imagine that week of Revis versus Beckham? Yeah, that that week's gonna be that week is gonna be insane. A Jet Giant week, and that game is a big deal in New York anyway. It was a huge deal a few years ago because Rex Ryan had to poke the bear and say that the Jets were going to own New York, and then, of course, the Jets lost. And the on, fortunes of the two teams changed from changed that dramatically game for the, the Giants, next four years. Yep, the Giants won a Super Bowl. The Jets never recovered from a 99-yard touchdown to Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz's legacy started. Can you imagine the build-up, Cal, of Revis versus the greatest receiver to ever play in the history of the game? Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> already. It's going to be fun. It's just going to be so good. It's going to be fun. And that goes back to your point earlier. Signing Revis and making all of these moves uh, lends credibility to the franchise again. Yep. And as a Jet fan, you feel better about your team. Even Francesa said it. Francesa said they're a professional organization again. Right. They hired professionals who know what they're doing, and they're a professional organization again. And I, What's the one word you haven't heard about this team this week? Circus. Right. The word that has always been used yep. to describe the Jets? Yep. You don't hear it anymore. And they really have two and you you've heard, you know, the cat the, the, the usual Jet fan laments of, you know, when they traded for Brandon Marshall. I love this. Oh yeah, they traded for Brand I'm not gonna do the impression. You traded for Brandon Marshall and you still don't have a quarterback. Oh who's okay. Gonna, who's gonna throw him the ball? Right. I guess they should just stop improving the team then until they have a quarterback. Like that's how you improve the quarterback position. You get good skill players. Now that's the piece that's going to be the 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 thing that sticks with everybody is the quarterback. Yes. Is Geno Smith done, Cal? I think he's done. I don't know how fair a shake he's going to get anymore, though, because he's an idiot guy. He's a holdover. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he's going to get a shot. I think if if they don't if they don't get another quarterback right. before training camp, he's going to get a fair shot to win this job. I really do. But I don't know how successful he's going to be. Yeah. That's what I fear. I, I'm, I, you know I'm not a huge believer in his potential to be a or the guy. You know, even just the competent NFL starter that you can win with. But I will say this. 
I really would like to see him with some legitimate offensive coaching. I really would. I think he's going to get that this year. Yeah, I, I just I really would like to see what he could do with a real quarterback coach. And I don't know if this guy is a real quarterback coach, but I know he hasn't had one yet. Um, you know, Durrell. Um, not Durrell, but Dorrell. Uh, I would really like to see that. And I would really like to see him in an offense with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and Jeremy Curley and Jason Morrow. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe they draft a guy like Todd Gurley, like the running back, you know, or, or uh, well, you know, you still have Ivory there and you have and, 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 and Ivory Powell, of course, I'm saying, you know, in another back, that's a, an explosive weapon. Or go sign Spiller. You still got money. He could still sign. Not much. Bring Harvin yeah. back. I think they're down. I would love to bring Percy Harvin back, but I would love to see Geno Smith in that in that setting. Right. Um, I don't know if he'll get the opportunity, but I, th- I think he will. I think he's going to get the opportunity, but I don't think. I think that his leash will leash will be even shorter than it was last year. Yeah. No. I, well, I don't think he has one. I think he's going to be in a legitimate competition for the job. Right. But last I'm, but I'm last saying, year he wasn't. But my point is, let's say he wins the job out of out of training camp. Oh yeah, yeah right. And then he and struggles. He puts, up, yeah. he puts up two bad games immediately. He, no, you're right. He's gone. Yeah. And. He'll be gone and he won't be back. It's not because in the last two years he sat and then he's come back. Right. This time, if he sits, he he won't get up. Yeah. If he wins the job and struggles, he's done. Right. Yeah. And and also you have a you know a, a reasonably competent guy there in Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, uh, as well, who's proven some competency. And and again, I did not realize he. You know what? The 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 tough part about Ryan Fitzpatrick is he just doesn't win. No, you know he just doesn't win. He's like twenty games under five hundred. Yeah, you know? my buddy, uh, my buddy Dan, uh, uh, not our Dan, but another Dan, great uh, Jet fan, huge Jet fan. We've been talking for a while. I know him through McWalters actually. Okay. And uh, we talk every day about free agency. He's a huge Jet fan. He's a great Jet fan, and we go back and forth about Gino, and he. <laughs> He, you know, he he wants to, he basically wants him to cut Geno Smith, and I understand why. And he's a very reasonable, rational Jet fan. He's a fantastic Jet fan, and I keep telling him they're not going to cut Geno Smith because he's cap friendly. He's not making that much money, and he's had moments of competency. At the very least, you're going to keep him on the roster to be a backup, right? Because why cut a guy who's cap friendly and you know has shown moments of being able to you know uh, do some things. And Dan, Danny often takes that as me defending Gino. And I will say, I, I, I don't think the book has been written on Gino Smith yet. But I, as I just said, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a competent NFL quarterback. I just would like to see him with some coaching. So he just texted me. He said, "I'm listening. Let Gino go." <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is like my Titanic moment here. Like I just, right. I'm not, I'm not hanging on to him like I did Sanchez. I'm not. I promise. I, I promise. Are. But he's going to be on the roster. Hey, can I break some news? Please. Uh, let's welcome in Marcus Gilchrist to the fold. No, are you serious? The Jets have signed Marcus Gilchrist. Who is this guy? Marcus Gilchrist? No, I know he plays for San Diego. <laughs> I'm talking about Mike McCagnon. Oh. Cal, that, that secondary is, is just went to being one of the best units in football. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have details yet. I don't have uh, terms of the agreement, but... 
Do you have terms of endearment? I do. Okay, good. It's a real tearjerker. It is. The contract might be a tearjerker too. <laughs> this is. Uh, I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah. So that's good news. That's tremendous news. So now, in that secondary, now you went from playing two guys at corner off the street and a guy who was a safety and a linebacker in college at corner, Darrell Revis, Antonio Cromartie, Buster Screen, D. Milliner, Dex McDougal, probably Williams, probably Williams sticks around, maybe Walls as the sixth or seventh corner. Right. And in the secondary, you have Pryor, Gilchrist, Allen. Antonio Allen in his proper position, mm-hmm. and Jaquan Jarrett. How's that? Not bad. How's that sound? I can't. I can't even take it. Yeah. And you know, the great thing about, about Gilchrist is last year, the Jets would have guys come in to visit, and they'd leave without a contract, and you'd never hear from them again. And the Jets let Gilchrist leave. He left the facility today, and they still signed him. And they got him back. Right. And they brought yeah. It's, I mean, it, that, that is a testament to what this guy is doing, Bri. It really I, is. Yeah, you, you, you do. You have to give him credit. And again, that's why I do give credit for Revis. Because Itzik, John Itzik would have effed that up. He would have effed it up. I, I think so. You know, wow. Oh, that's Four, Four-year contract. All right, sir. All the contracts, by the way, they've done besides Revis have been reasonable in terms of guaranteed money. I think so. I think Cromartie was extremely reasonable. Yep. Cromartie's was. Screens was very good. Even uh, author James Patterson's was very, very reasonable. I mean, that's that's a book advance. Did he get yeah. an advance? It's an advance. It's a good book deal. Look, I don't think Geno Smith's going to be the quarterback of this team. I don't think they're done at quarterback. I don't. That's, that is the missing piece right now. Because they're building around, right? Yeah. The the centerpiece of a football team is the quarterback, yep. and they are building porting cast everywhere around him, and they're doing a fantastic job. But there's still one piece that's missing with this team. Today was the first. And I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, and because it's such a big piece that's missing, the expectations on this team are rising rapidly. Yeah. Right. That's right. So it's going to be very difficult. For Geno Smith, yeah, if he stumbles out of the box. Well, that's what that's what like my no, like my buddy Danny saying, Geno Smith is a tough sell to Jet fans right now. It would be a tough sell to go into the season and say we're going to let Geno Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick battle it out for the starting job. You know why? Because now expectations are rising big time. Right. And Cal today was the first day. It was at about five six o'clock. After Cromartie signed, about 5, 6 o'clock, I'm watching uh, Marcus Mariota's um, uh, comb- or, uh, uh, pro day on NFL Live or whatever. I'm watching him throw the football, and it was the first moment it hit me. I think they're going to draft him. I think if he's there, the Jets will take him. And it'll be... Marrying Todd Bowles with his quarter. It felt like 09 all over again to me. Hmm. And it felt like 09 all over again to me, too, because of the prospect that Mariota is. Because he's a lot like Sanchez in that year. In that, in another year, Marcus Mariota is not the second quarterback taken. He's not. He's probably the fourth or fifth. Right. 
That's not to say he's not a good NFL prospect, but there are so many question marks about him. And that's the same as Mark Sanchez. If Mark Sanchez is the next year, he's the fourth quarterback taken. Certainly nobody's trading up to get him. Right. But it happens that in the year that he was there, he was coveted. The Jets needed a franchise quarterback. They're looking for one. They wanted to tie one to the new coach. I could see them. And then and then if they did that, then I could see them cutting Geno. I really could. I I don't see them cutting him under any circumstances. Because then I think you play Fitzpatrick and you have Mariota there and he doesn't have to start right away. And you jettison Geno and you're like, you know what? Like you just said, Cal, old regime, it's out, it's over, this is our regime, this is what we're doing. Then I could see it. You might be right. If they don't if they don't draft Mariota and they, they go through the draft and they take, you know, Bryce Petty in the third round or something like that, I think Geno sticks around. Because he's a cost effective backup at best. But if they draft Mariota and and I'm still not convinced he's a franchise quarterback. I'm not. Can he make a throw in the seams? Please. You love you did love him at one point. I did. And then mm. I and then I watched a lot of him. Mm. And you know who he looks like? Geno Geno Smith at West Virginia. Oh, a lot. Except Geno Smith had a higher completion percentage in college and was more accurate by a lot. Geno Smith had a 71 or 72% completion percentage in college. Mariota was at about 67. But look, I just don't know if he's... There's too many question marks about him. I don't know if he's the if he's the franchise guy. I don't know. But I think they may gamble and do it. We got a lot of time to talk about that. We'll see. But March Overall, 12th, feel good? I feel amazing. And 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 I, I can't believe he's back. I'm so mad I threw out my Revis jersey. I threw it out. Why'd you throw it out? Angry. Really? Went through the t-shirt drawer a year ago. Was he a Patriot at this point, or was he still a Buccaneer? No, the signing with the Patriot, I put it in the back of the drawer when they traded him. And then he signed with the Patriots. I happened to be going through my t-shirt drawer. Out it went. Well, that's where the, the anger came last year. With the Sanchez. Sanchez went out to. Because we were happy trading him. We wanted, we wanted to trade him. I still think trading him was the right move. Oh, yeah. We wanted to. And then look what we got by trading him. I can't wait for Darrell Rivas to pick off a pass after Sheldon Richardson pressure. I can't wait. <laughs> Sheldon Richardson in Tom Brady's face, making him force a throw that Darrell Rivas picked. I can't, and somewhere John Itzik would crack a small smile. And so would Tannenbaum. That's right. That's right. That's right. Somewhere. somewhere sipping on an iced tea on a porch somewhere. In Miami. Right. Well, actually, they're, yeah, that's right. Mike Tannenbaum does have a job. He does. I shouldn't really. John Itzik has a job, too. He does have a job. That's right. So they're not, they're not just kicking back on a porch anywhere. But somewhere John Itzik would, would crack a small grin and be like, F you all in New York. I, I don't you. know. If, I don't know if he will. No, he's I, capable to crack a grin. I think it might crack his puss if he ever tried. Whoa! Hey, we don't. Right. We don't talk like that. That's a face. Not on this Another show. Another word for a face. Uh, is facha? Is that better? Move on. 
What else are we going to talk about? Well, we we got to talk about this because that's not the only reason we're singing zippity doo dah out of every orifice available. Wow, you are filthy tonight. I know. I'm sorry. What's happening? Hey, look, your sister's potato. Hey. Uh. <laughs> the best. The best from last week was when I said, "I'm gonna make your sister's potato filthy," and you were like, "I think you just did." <laughs> I, think, I think you've done it. Look, we got to talk about this. Our organization, that we, organization that we love so much, the New York Islanders, uh, signed Johnny Boychuk today to a seven-year extension uh, for forty-two million dollars. I'm going to let you talk about this for as long as you want. I want to say one thing. I discovered this in the most magnificent fashion. I was on Twitter. I was on a deposition today, so I was able to have Twitter open. I'm usually not. And the New York Islanders, from their official Twitter account, said, let's welcome Johnny Boychuk, the newest Islander on Twitter. That was their tweet, and it was a link to Johnny Boychuk's. Oh, look at that. And I clicked on Johnny Boychuk's, and his tweet is there. And it's a minute old. And it says, yes, 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 seven more years. And I said, I can't, did I, is this, can I, did I just, is this happening? Like, did I, and I immediately searched for author staple, immediately. And he had nothing. And then I went and searched New York Islanders. Nothing. And so I'm sitting there on Boychuk's, back on Johnny Boychuk's tweet. And I'm going, come on. It's got to be real. 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 And then like three minutes later, breaking, the Islanders have signed Johnny Boychuk to a seven-year deal. And I, I almost hooted out loud. At the deposition. At the, during the deposition. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's it, fra- in the that's, deposition or on the deposition? <laughs> that's frowned upon, by the way, in my line of work. Usually, right? Usually frowned upon. They don't. Any sort of they reaction. don't like the videographer um, really doing anything, but <laughs> certainly not going. Woo! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Right on the record, they what don't this, like. What is this guy doing? Off the record, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. The time is now <laughs> 2.21 p.m. We are now off the record. Yes, 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 yes. Time is 2.22 p.m. We are now back on the record. Sorry. Sorry, fellas. Just had to get that out. So anyway, uh, please. What was so great about it was how unexpected it was. Wasn't, wasn't in the front of my mind. Always in the back of my mind, Right. And as we're getting closer towards it being the end of the season, it's starting to be like, well, you know, we're. St- I have this. I have this point for you on Tuesday night when the uh, when the Islanders play the Rangers. Yes. Which, if today was crazy pants, Tuesday was Tuesday was nuts. Was even more nuts because I was watching as you were. I was watching the Islander Ranger game on delay, yep. so I wasn't watching it live. Nope. And some at some point during the game was when Revis signed. Yep. So I didn't know Revis had signed until after the game was over. 
What were the strict instructions that I gave to you guys, too? Your instructions... Oh, am I going to get this right? It was to send a text message with the words Revis in, in capital all caps. Letters, yes. That's the, that was the only communication that was going to be acceptable. Well, Tuesday, I want to go back to what you're saying, but Tuesday night I went into playoff. That was as much a playoff game for me as it was for the Islanders and the Rangers. I went into full playoff watching mode. It was a test, Bri. Yes. And that... It was a test for the Islanders, and it was a test for the Sam Pete household, for Sam Pete Manor. And, I, and, for, and it was a, a preview for me. Same thing. Yep. The problem that I had with that game, and it'll, it'll tie into the boy Chuck. I'll, I'm going gonna to be a little bit of a winding road, but... Please, by all means. Just buckle up. We'll get there. By any and all means necessary. I intend to use it. Any means available to me. at your disposal. At my disposal. Um, so I watched the game. The Islanders lost a real tough 2-1 game to the Rangers. A great game played by both teams. Uh, felt like a playoff game. Disappointed that the Islanders lost. They played their hearts out, and I think that they just weren't good enough to beat the Rangers on that night. I don't. I don't necessarily think they would be able to not be able to beat them in the playoffs, but to me it was the elephant in the room has always been through this magnificent run all year, and the season has been so fun, and it's been so great, and we haven't had a season like this in, in you know, almost 30 years with the Islanders. Um, can they win the Stanley Cup? Can they actually win the Stanley Cup this year? And I think a lot of us have accepted the fact that they, they just they can't win the Stanley Cup yet. They have a lot of flaws on the team. And a lot of flaws that will become fatal come playoff time. Things that can't be fixed. Or there's not enough time to fix them yet. So if you operate under the premise that they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, that means any other result, the season's going to end in a disappointment. No matter what whether they're eliminated in the first round, whether they lose the Stanley Cup Finals, whatever it is, it's, gonna, it's going to come to an end. This run is going to end. And it always seems so far away. Yeah, every, we were living in the moment when they were winning, and they were winning, and yes, 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 and everybody's doing, you know, they, all the new guys are doing well, and you're getting excited. And it seems so far away, and on Tuesday night in game number 69 – knowing that there's only 13 games left, it started to feel real. Like, this is how it's going to end. If they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, they're not going to win the championship, this feels like how it's going to end. And on Tuesday night, it felt to me like their season ended. I know it didn't. I know it didn't end. I know they can still win the Stanley Cup. That's a possibility. But I got a preview of what's going to happen when their season ultimately ends. Yep. I felt, and, 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 and why, and why it's going to end. And why it's going to end. The game was illusory, uh, illusory, illusory. That's not a word. I feel like I want to say I-L-L-U-S-O-R-Y. No good? Um, the game illustrated why they're going to lose. Because the deficiencies that this team has were on full display. 
and the, the deficiencies that are going to cost them in a playoff series were on full display. So go ahead. I, I think that's that's part of it too. That's that's a huge part of it. Thank you for for clarifying that. So it really knocked me for a loop. And it's funny because they played Monday night and they played Toronto on Monday night. And that was another, they were losing 3-1 in the third period. They came back to win that game in overtime. Great win for them. And I had kind of made the comment, and I really, I didn't just make the comment. I felt this way early on Tuesday that the Monday night game against Toronto was more intense for me because that was a game they should have won. Right. And they really had to claw to win and they were expected to win it and I would have been really disappointed if they lost the Ranger game part of me expected them to lose that game and it was kind of like oh if they lose they lose because they won last night and it changed during the course of the game and certainly after the game the way I reacted to it right because it just like I I have a we don't have a lot of playoff experience with our teams but most of most, if not all, of the playoff experience that we have with our teams ends with somebody kicking us in the stomach. And you just sit there like it's over. Mm-hmm. What just happened? That's how I felt on Tuesday. It was a strange feeling to have for a regular season game. Right. So I've, I've kind of been bummed out about that since. Now, how it relates to Johnny Boychuk. Haven't been thinking about Johnny Boychuk signing, not signing. When the trade deadline came last week, I thought there was a chance they might be able to re-sign him then. And it would be like they weren't going to make a huge trade, but they were going to announce this re-signing, and it was going to function like a trade. It was going to give the team a boost that this guy chose the Islanders. And it didn't happen. And when it didn't happen, I thought, well, they're they're a month away from the season ending. He's obviously going to want to test free agency. I don't begrudge him at all. You, right. you play your whole career to get to that point to see what you're worth on the open market. That's fine. And if he, and, and I, I felt good about the fact that I trusted if he really liked it here, he would be here. And if he didn't want to be here and he wanted to get the money somewhere else, then so be it. And you can't begrudge him that. Right. So I kind of, <clears throat> I kind of just put it in its place. Like, okay, whatever happens, happens. But, yeah, he's saying everybody's saying all the right things. He's, they seem to think that he likes it here. Right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, that's why the news today came as such a shock. Not a shock that he signed. I wasn't surprised that he chose to stay. Okay. It just I hadn't been thinking about it. Right. And that's where the surprise was. Right. And you're. Reeling from the loss the other night, everything you described, you were thrown for a loop. I mean, you really were, because as you so rightly pointed out, we had talked about in theory forever about what's wrong with this team, even as as great a season as they're having, what's going to be their downfall in the playoffs. We've talked about it for weeks, weeks. And then there it was in practice. Mm -hmm. And it cost them a game. For the first time, we saw it in practice in what is essentially a playoff game against a team that's better than them, the deficiencies on their power play, the deficiencies on the penalty kill, although they didn't cost them in that particular game, uh, but taking bad penalties did. And then the, the, the inability to convert on the chances that they get and generate for themselves cost them the game. A game which they, the, the effort was there, 
and and a team that knows how to, you know, the Rangers went ahead with what ten minutes left or whatever, and know how to close that game down. The Rangers know how to finish that game. So, and I think the Rangers are a better team, and they are certainly a hotter team right now. Yeah. Well, the Rangers are the best team in hockey right now. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. I mean, their last forty games, I think they're thirty-one, you know, thirty-one six and two or something yeah, like it's that. Something crazy. It's like a half a season now. Yeah. This is not just a two-week sample size. Yeah, they have like thirty-one wins in their last forty games. Um. So being thrown for a loop, of course, it was out of mind. That's why. That's another right. reason it was so delightful to get this news today. Right. And, um. The Rangers won last night to finally jump back over the Islanders in right. first place. So this is what we're sitting on. We're sitting on a bitter loss to the Rangers on Tuesday, followed by another Ranger win to knock the Islanders out of first place for the first time in a month. Right. And it's just like, ah, man, this, this stinks, you know? But then yeah. you get this news today. And, th- and, and there has never been a more – I shouldn't say never been – what a wonderful clear-cut signal that this team and this franchise has turned a corner. You know, my brother said today, and I thought it was hilarious, you know, remember when free agents would hold out rather than come here um, and come and play for the Islanders. Yeah, I do. It was last year. Like, you know, it's funny. I, I just happened to be looking at the free agents for next year. Just curious, because I don't think I don't think the Islanders – are going to do much or need to do much in free agency this summer. No, I agree. But I think that's just for kicks. I wanted to see who was out there. And two of the top three or four defensemen on the list are Paul Martin and Christian Erhoff. Paul Martin, who was offered much more money to come to the Islanders and chose to go to the Penguins. Yep. And Christian Erhoff, who we traded for his rights and wanted no part of being and with the and was offered more money to come to the Islanders and chose the Sabres. He chose the Sabres. And I just I thought it was funny that on this day that we locked up Johnny Boychuk, two weeks after we locked up Nick Letty, that they're going to be our, def- they're our top defense pair for the next seven years. Two guys that spurned us are at the top of the free agent list this summer, and we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's... it's th- from a hockey standpoint, look, you if you overpaid him, didn't overpay him, who cares? I don't understand why that's a concern. Is it? Is it? Is it, it, it should, well, it should never be a concern for the Islanders. Exactly. That's what I mean. Who you've you've spent twenty years not living in the moment, and also twenty years or ten years at the cap floor, and you have your best player signed for the next three years at five point five million dollars. So if you overpay for Johnny Boychuk, so what? Oh, it's ridiculous that they gave him seven years. And for, what do you care? Is it going to prevent the Islanders from doing anything? No, it's not. No, and to be fair... It makes no sense to me. I don't know why people get upset about... Because... Oh, that's too much for him. Why? Says who? People are going to get upset about everything. That's just the nature of it. And to be fair, this particular transaction has received the least amount of grief yeah. that you see when, no, when transactions well, I'm, are made. I'm talking about even from around hockey, too. Like, in other hockey, sort of, like, they overpaid from, they grossly overpaid from, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? 
smoke. I don't care. And I certainly don't care as an Islander fan. It would be different if John Tavares was coming up on a contract year next year and you had to like make sure you had funds and make sure you could give him a max con- He's not up for three years. And you can't renegotiate with him for two. So who cares if he makes – I don't what, – what's wrong with you people? It doesn't that makes matter. it doesn't make it doesn't matter. It's not your money. Two more things on this for me. Number one, uh, just overall, when you get a guy to re-sign with you. Now look, if you're a free agent, you can get a free agent if you want. Just give him as much money as humanly possible. You can get a free agent to come in. If you trade for somebody. They don't have a choice. You've traded for them. You have them because you traded for them. When you have a guy that is part of your organization and part of your system and your culture and knows the deal and then chooses to commit to you when he could go anywhere else, to me, that's huge. Look at Vanek last year. That's huge. Look at Vanek. He, Vanek was in the exact same spot as Boychuk. Didn't want a part of the Islanders. And they made him a great contract offer. Offered him more money than Minnesota did. Yep. Turned it down. Yep. So to me, when you get a player, that's a special player to your franchise who's choosing to stay with you. Yep. He's got the, all of the cards are on his side, are in his fire. (laughs) Where are his oars? With With the ice and everything. Okay. And he's choosing to stay. And to me, that says a lot about the guy. And you'll see the reaction tomorrow night to him. So you're saying the ball is in his rink. The ball is in his oar. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. He so, chose to stay here. Right. And, that says, and, and to make that kind of commitment to a team that people just don't make commitments to. To the Islanders. <laughs> to the New York Islanders. That's right. right? No one's made a commitment to them like this okay. in a really long time. Well, John Tavares did. But he didn't know any better. He's never played anywhere else. No, but he he knew that he was... I know, but they gave him a very lucrative contract, a very lucrative extension. He had a year left. He was only 22 years old. I, I'm not saying... He did, absolutely. I give John Tavares full marks. Right, but I give, I give him credit. I give Tavares... Like, so... Now you've seen, over the last few years, you've seen Tavares come, uh, re-sign with them. You've seen uh, Halak choose yeah. the Islanders. No, Halak was the start of it. Well, he, I, traded, he traded for Halak's rights, and he signed. Well, I think Viznovsky is. Yeah. Viznovsky was really the start of it. I, I started the Nabokov. And Nabokov. Nabokov. Right. Who held out I, at first, and then yep. came and, and then re-signed. I go back to Tavares. I think Tavares started it. I think he does too, Brad, but he's not he wasn't thirteen games away from free agency. But you know what I mean he was a twenty two year old kid with the team that drafted him and they made him a unbelievable contract before he had really become John Tavares. Yeah, but if he wanted to bet on himself, he could have said yeah, No thanks. Absolutely. I'll, in two years I'm going to Toronto. It's I am fine. not I don't mean to belittle his commitment. He made only, the commitment. He did. Only because a guy like John Tavares would have been blown out of the water as a yeah. restricted free agent. The Islanders at that point would not have been able to do anything about it. Totally agree. So it starts with him. But now you've seen the steady stream of guys that are committing to this team and I think Boychuk was like the last piece of this where 
you just signed your, the two top defensemen on your team for the next seven years. Yep. That's, well, that's Le- Letty did it first. Letty is a 23-year-old. Right. And now you got a guy like Johnny Boychuk, who's 31, who's saying, I want to finish my career here. He said it. He said the reason why he signed here, the reason why he, he chose to stay was it was his best chance to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I mean, those words. Okay, and he's, he's won a Stanley Cup, so yep. he knows what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. Yep. And he chose here because he thinks this is the best chance for him. I mean, that, that just, that's, I'm going to cry. That's just magnificent. So, and then the final thing about Johnny Boychuk is he is, he's one of a handful of guys that I was a huge fan of around the NHL before he was an Islander. Right. And there's not many times in my sports life where I can say a guy that I like somewhere else in the league comes to my team and like, whoa, that's awesome. I was, I'm a huge fan of this guy, and yep. now he's on my team. This yep. is great. And now he's choosing to stay for seven years. Right. And the comparison for me is Mike Piazza. It's Piazza, yep. He's he is the equivalent of Mike Piazza to me, and that's on a personal level. That's why I'm so excited about this. You know who was to a lesser extent for me, and that's a great comparison because I loved Piazza when he was with the Dodgers. I loved him. Yeah. Yep. And that was, again. And again, when the Mets got Mike Piazza, it was like holy crap. And then they the extended it, right? Mike and then he signed an extension, and right. And then he chose to stay after yeah. everybody booed him out of the stadium for three months. <laughs> You know who's a guy like that to a way lesser extent, though, was Robin Ventura. Robin Ventura was – I I loved Robin Ventura. Loved him. And then he was, like, finally on the Mets. And then they were, like, in the World Series. It was was that realization of, like, a guy – and then he, like, liked being here. Yeah. I I have that with Brett Saberhagen, too. Which sounds funny now in hindsight. No, I loved Brett Saberhagen. At the time, I loved Brett Saberhagen. I loved when they got him. And I hated Kevin McReynolds and Greg Jeffries. And the fact that they traded the two of them for <laughs> Brett Saberhagen was like, like blew my mind at the time in 1991. I tell you that I got to go back to Carter, too. Carter's a big one. For Gary me. Carter. Ha- baseball happens more in baseball than it in does. any other sports. It does. Because like, can, th- can you think of a football player that you like that became a Jet? Well, Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin. That's the guy. guy. Yeah. Who, as much as I hated the Patriots, I always liked Curtis Martin. Right. And then you got him, and then he stayed here for, you know, 10 years or eight years, and he, you know, retired as a Jed, and his number's going to be retired, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis Martin. I'll tell you, they got one this week to a much lesser extent. I love Brandon Marshall. I've always loved Brandon Marshall. Oh, yeah? Crazy pants as he is. <laughs> because I love big receivers like that. I love them. Right. Cal, they now have Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Eric Decker. Eric Decker. Chose Just, to be here. Do you remember before he, be, before the season even ended, when we knew he was going to be a free agent? I was like, can you imagine if they got Decker? Oh, because we both love them. Never thinking they would. Yeah. So... That's 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 my spiel on Johnny Boychuk. No, I I'm um, right there. I am absolutely right there with you. And I said it two weeks ago when they signed Nick Letty. And I and 
I sort of feel bad, and I, I almost feel like I want to apologize to Nick Letty. You should. Probably. He's listening. Hey, Nick. O- officially. Yeah. Um, hey, sorry, Nick. pal. <laughs> I didn't give you the credit at the time because I was more worried about the other guy. I said it. They signed Nick Letty to seven years. That's great. What about the other guy? And Nick Letty was the guy out of the two that I wanted. Right. I wanted them both. But if they could only sign one, like I said, Nick Letty was more important to me because he was younger. Right. And because, um, to me, he just made more sense of the two, almost strictly on age. But, um, and Letty was also a restricted free agent, though, Cal. It's different. He wasn't set to walk. That's right. Johnny Boychuk had 13 games left. He's got five weeks, and he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. And he chose to not do that. Right. He chose to stay here with this organization. And I believe he would have got a contract similar to this had he gotten out. Oh, I agree. I there there are some people that speculate he would have got more. Might have gotten more money for less years. Yep. He might have got more, six. You know, he might have got six for forty or something like that. Yeah, more more per year yeah. or something. Because that because it's true. When he's 36 years old and he's beaten up and he's making $6 million a year, it's going to be frustrating. But you can't worry about that right now at all. Look, you, you just locked up these two guys together for five years. That's what you're looking at as. The next four to five years, you have locked up these two guys. And it means you don't have to rush Reinhardt. You don't have to rush Pollock. It, it's It's a huge... Now you have guys like... Letty, Boychuk, Hamannick, Dahan. Away we go. Yeah. Do you th- would you be surprised if this team did not win a Stanley Cup in the next five years? Yes. If they if they keep this this core together, I you know what I win a Stanley Cup. Look, a lot of things can happen. I will be surprised if they don't go to a Stanley Cup final. Absolutely. In the next five years. Yep. Absolutely. I, I I tell you what, Cal, it's going to sound crazy. I expect you. You expect to go to a Stanley Cup final within the next five years? In the next four years. Okay. Yep. I really do. And it's not this year. So it's going to be the three after. I, um, John Tavares has turned into that player. Yep. Hasn't he? We talked about it. Always wanting one. We got one. He's be- he's become he's become a guy. I always look at a team. Sometimes I look back, and I'm like, I look at the the, the personnel on the team, and I wonder, is this like, can I imagine them in a parade somewhere? <laughs> this is what you always look back on. I do this a lot. Wow. Like I look at the like like what's going I, on in there. Like I looked at that 2006 Met team, and it was yes. like I can I can see Jose Reyes and David Wright oh, don't going right, but I like like I could see it, you of know. Of course, I couldn't I couldn't necessarily see the Jets of 2010. Oh, I, oh, I could. Oh, I totally could. Not oh nine. No, but but of ten. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that I could see that parade down to City Hall. I could see everything. 
Really? I could see Sanchez in his second year winning a Super Bowl and smiling and after beating the Patriots and the Colts and and Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers and waving to everybody. And, and then they would have had to beat Aaron Rodgers, by the way. Yeah, no, I could see Rex Ryan going down. Uh, yeah, no. Braylon Edwards, Antonio Holmes, Bart Scott doing the can't wait. I could have seen that. But my point is, I I can see that with Tavares, and I can see that with Oposo. I, I can see it. See I can with, see it with Boychuk. Well, Boychuk won. Yeah. One. I'm talking about like the guys that haven't won yet. Yeah. No, but I I'm saying with, I can now see that with Boychuk yeah. in that in that group. A guy like Hamannick. I could see a yeah. guy like Hamannick skating around the ice with a Stanley Cup. Yep. And it feels like. That's another that's another feeling that you don't get too often when you root for the teams that we root for. Nope. You know? It's 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 just such a great thing for this organization. It really is. And the signing of Boychuk today changes everything from Tuesday. This it does. Is how I, this is how I tie it all up into a bow. Because <laughs> if we go back to this is how it's going to end and it's going to be disappointing... I feel better about that because they're all coming back again next year. Yeah. The exact same crew is coming back next year. Yeah, and you'll probably you you might add to it with like maybe another winger, you know, not a big signing or whatever, but you might add a, you know, a guy and lose a guy and then you might have Reinhardt here next year and you retire Visnowski. Mm-hmm. And you add a guy like Reinhardt and maybe Hickey goes, maybe he's trade bait and maybe Pollock and Visnowski are up. I mean, uh, a Reinhardt are up. And then all of a sudden you have these and maybe, you know, Del Call gets his nine game call. You know what I mean? And you get a little excitement out of the first nine games of the season with Del Call cuz maybe somebody's hurt and he gets but it, it they have two forwards down there that that in juniors that you know Hosang is is an interesting prospect. Del Call, you know, just made the top ten juniors and there are guys there that I would be genuinely surprised if they're not in a cup final in the next four years. I really would. I that's, expect to be. That's you know, it just changed everything changed yep. today. Yep. Sure I feel better about it. So Me too. Uh, okay. 